Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This premier independent fan experience podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and brings you honest and in-depth Montreal Canadiens discussion and entertainment. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Pudney are proud to be one of your trusted sources for Habs and hockey news. If you are talking about it, so are we. Brace yourselves, winter is coming. What the writers of Games of Thrones didn't want to tell you is that Bran was actually in a wheelchair because he didn't trim his balls with Manscaped. Poor guy thought it was okay to trim his balls with a traditional razor or hair trimmer. Not sure what you want as a gift for the holidays? Well, Manscaped is the ultimate gift, and they're here to change the men's grooming game. And you can get 20% off plus free shipping if you use the code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. It is time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday. I am talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 4.0. The Performance Package 4.0 is the best in the business. This hygiene bundle includes the Lawnmower 4.0 Weed Whacker, Boxers, Travel Kit, and Liquid Formulations. The new Lawnmower 4.0 Trimmer is waterproof with advanced skin safe technology to reduce nicks and cuts, and even has a light to help with you close shave down there. No need to have a red wedding situation next time you're going for a trim. The Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer can help you whack those nasty weeds in your delicate holes. This product also has proprietary skin-safe technology to help prevent nicks, snags, and tugs. The performance package also includes Crop Preserver. It's deodorant for your balls to protect against chafing. Also, their Crop Reviver Ball Toner will help keep your boys fresh at all times. Maybe you're on the other side of the wall, and you don't know when your next shower is. No worries. The Crop Mop Ball Wipes are for you. Have smelly feet? Manscaped can help with their Foot Duster Foot Deodorant made to fight odors of the dirtiest feet. Want to smell good everywhere? The Refined Cologne by Manscaped is a clean and fresh scent designed for the refined gentleman. On top of everything, they've even thrown in the Shed Travel Bag to carry your goods and the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs to hold the entire package together. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code UNFILTER20 at manscaped.com. During the winter, you may be spending more time inside with your balls. Might as well make them beautiful. 
Get 20% off and free shipping with the code UNFILTER20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code UNFILTER20. It's time to join the Manscaped movement. These products are snow joke. Hi, and welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 200. I am your host, Blaine Putvang. I'm joined now by my co-host, Craig Wilson. Good day. And we have a special guest today, uh, co-host of the Nassau Men podcast and writer for the fourth period, James Nichols. Welcome to the show. What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. Well, we're glad you finally made it. We know you're a busy dude and, uh, you know, the Islanders are definitely keeping you guys on your toes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you just made this jump to the fourth period recently too, didn't you? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a couple months now. Um, how's how's been, that fit now? It's it's been great. Uh, they didn't have an Islanders guy previously. Uh, that's how the conversation got started. So uh, yeah, now I'm there, and uh, it, it's been good. It's all all good things. I'm uh, I'm enjoying it. It's been uh, it's a good good experience thus far. Well, I'm glad to see you succeeding. Uh, we've worked together in the past, and I'm I'm yeah. really glad to see. Good people get ahead. I appreciate that. Thank you. So, um, and now we're going to just jump on your coattails. You're going to help drag us into uh, fame, <laughs> fame and riches. Yeah, sounds good to me. <laughs> so, uh, the reason I'm bringing you on is, uh, well, obviously you covered the Islanders, and with my last name Pudvang, there's a little bit of a tie there. Yeah. So, but the biggest thing is the Islanders are going to be coming up to Montreal here on Thursday, as we record. It's Tuesday night. November 2nd and it's going to be the Islanders first visit to Canada since the pandemic. Yeah, that's very true. It's been what almost a year and a half now. Yeah. So this is a, this is kind of a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, you know, it's interesting how it's the season's played out thus far, right? Cause they've seen a bunch of teams who they haven't seen in a long time. And it's like, Every game, I could almost tweet like, "Hey, the last time the Islanders saw X team was like Y years ago." <laughs> like it's so it's so interesting that that this is how this year has started because it's like, you know, it's I don't know. It feels like the beginning of a season where where you know everything's so fresh and so new, but there's that little bit of extra freshness from all these teams who you haven't seen in a really long time. Like you guys, as Canadians fans, uh, have been watching all Canadian teams. For, for a little while. And then suddenly this year, it's like, okay, back to normal. And everything is like, whoa, who, who are these guys? <laughs> like, I, have, I haven't seen this team in, in, a, in a long time. So yeah, it's, it's extra refreshing, if that makes any sense. Yeah, and there's been quite a bit of a turnover on the roster in New York since the last time they were in Montreal. Yeah, a little bit, right? You know, you have Chara now, which is like a, a big talking point at this moment. Uh, yeah, Maurice six foot nine there. one. Yeah, six foot nine talking point. <laughs> that's a good. That's a that's a better point. Um, but yeah, Parise is there now. Um, you know, a lot of faces are gone too, including Nick Letty, Thomas Grice, Jordan Eberle. So, uh, and you guys didn't even see Kyle Palmieri last season. So he's he's new to you guys as an Islander as well. So yeah, there's a lot of a lot of new parts on the Islanders for uh, fans who haven't seen them in a full season. Yeah, the worst thing that the uh, NHL could have done was put Toronto Montreal as the very first game of the season. 
for uh, for both teams, just for the simple fact that we we're tired of seeing all these Canadian teams all the time. We want to see teams we haven't seen before in a long time. Yeah, and you know, I was actually putting my little connection together. If you, I don't know if you listened to the show last year, but I was hoping for an Islanders Montreal uh, final just because they were the last two more than two in a row dynasty teams yeah. to uh, to win the cup, and I just thought that'd be a good just a good throwback to you know, some of the old uh, dynasty teams that we don't seem to get anymore. Yeah. A lot of people were pulling for that matchup too. Uh, I think, yeah. I think the, the score put out like this poll and, and by the end of that poll last uh, at the end, I think the end of the second round, everybody was pulling for the Islanders. And then next was, I think the Canadians right after. So a lot of people wanted to see a, an Islanders Canadians matchup. And I even wrote an article <laughs> and it felt weird writing that I was like, the Islanders are currently America's hockey team right now. <laughs> that's, that's strange to me, but it is, it's, it's the, it's the truth. And uh, yeah, a lot of people were pulling for, uh, for an Islanders halves matchup. That would have been something great to see. Um, listen, still plenty of season left this year. Maybe, maybe we'll, <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? Could they turn the tide? Maybe a first round matchup. <laughs> I don't know if, if we hold the league hostage long enough, maybe we can get it to happen. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe if you get Carey Price back, right. Well, he's actually going to be back starting Saturday. They just, Oh, is he? I didn't even see that actually. That's great. He's doing doing the minimum that he can do for the the, the minimum 30 days. Uh, Now he won't be playing of course, right away, but he's going to, he's going to be back with the club on Saturday. Oh, that's great. Great news for him. And, and you know, everything that, you know, we don't know what he's been going through, but it's great that he took the the time that he needed and that he's getting back pretty quickly and he feels well yeah. enough to do so. So that's actually great news. Yeah, well, not for those people who want to tank the season, because if he's back, then chances <laughs> are uh, that 10th overall pick turns into an 11th pretty quick. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and Carolina is going to eat that one up, I think. Oh, or yeah. uh, Arizona, sorry. Yeah, how are you guys doing with that rivalry? Is are you guys doing okay? Because oh, I gotta say, man, Carolina's dunk, dunking on Montreal as much as possible on social media. Sure, yeah, <laughs> enjoy. They're just it. use it in Montreal just to get more fans. That's yeah, the whole Kanye thing was all about revenge. I, I, listen, I know this is your your guys' podcast, but I revenge. have to know what did you guys think of the twenty dollars signing bonus? What did you guys think of the uh, you know, when Kakaniemi scored the goal, of course, in Montreal against the Canadians, his first. Was going to happen. A, well, yeah. How did you guys happen. feel about that? <laughs> I like Kakaniemi. I hope he succeeds in Carolina. Uh, it really doesn't matter to me whether he scores against us or not. Uh, I'd like to know, like, everyone – I, I kind of like the fact that he's, he's not yeah, – I mean, he played on the first line last game, but he's not really – you know, he's taking his time. He's not – because everyone, there's a lot of people here who were cutting Emmy. We just lost one of our greatest players, and blah 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 blah. And I'm like, I don't think we lost one of our greatest players. I think mm-hmm. we lost a, maybe a future okay player. I don't think Cutney would was going to be much more than a two C anyway. Yeah. And uh, but all the best to him. I don't. Yep. Yeah. I, I called really it two care. years ago after the yeah, awful ordeal. He did. I said they're going to offer sheet Cutney Emmy. Yeah. And they did. And the I whole twenty dollar think- thing and. <laughs> all the little th- that was it's all obviously put together by their their uh, social media team yeah, and sure. they're trying to have fun with it let yeah. them i mean it's not my cup of tea i don't think that that's the way a team should be run but 
they do and it's get, it's gaining them traction so they're yeah. they're getting what they want and, and all the better for them i just because i don't like it doesn't mean i don't like it you know what i mean like it's not my yeah, yeah. it's not my approach I'm, but i really don't care how they do it right i mean they're undefeated team they still haven't sold a game out so <laughs> oh there's an anecdote <laughs> 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 no, we we barely won a game and we sold out what two of our four home yeah. games or something like that. So. <laughs> we haven't even played a home game, and I think we've sold out like four or five. <laughs> <laughs> that brings me to a uh, to one of my main questions I wanted to sure. bring up. You got the new Belmont Stakes area all yeah. developed, and you got the new rink. Is that is that open now? Uh, it's not open yet. The target date or or. I shouldn't even say target date that the solidified date that they said the first day the grounds would be open is November 19th. I believe there's a concert um, scheduled for that night. So, um, you know, there were some whispers a couple, I think I want to say like a week ago. Um, that's some unverified account um, came out and said that he, you know, knows somebody close to uh, the building corporations who said that, you know, it's not going to be ready on time and they're going to have to play somewhere else. Yada, yada. Um but the team quickly emailed, you know, uh, who they needed to, to let the general public know that, you know, don't listen to the rumors. The building is set to open on the 19th. Um, and there's nothing to worry about. You know, there was a beautiful uh, shot of the arena on the inside. I don't know if you guys saw it on Twitter just a few days ago. Um, even when I saw it, listen, I was there, you know, back in May when it was just still the bones. Um, and you could already tell how, how amazing it was going to be. But then when I saw that photo, um, it looks pretty much done um at least that you know the rink part of it and uh you know two things one it screamed nassau coliseum to me it, it looks you know just as intimate um and two it's it's just it's a beautiful arena it's going to be the 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 bar as far as uh, arenas go moving forward and do you do you think that with the uh, with the grand opening there's obviously going to be ceremonies they're going to raise all the banners back up you know Billy Smith and Denny Potfay and mm-hmm. Mike Bossy's numbers will go back up. Do you, do you think that they'll be able to get Mike Bossy to show up considering his uh, lung cancer right now? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. Um, I know he hasn't honestly, even before this, been too involved uh, in, in ceremonies such as this one uh, so or such as ones that would be coming up. Um, I don't believe he was at the, um, the Goring uh, retirement. I don't believe he was at the the Tonelli retirement. Um, I do believe, if I'm not mistaken, there is a little bit of a rift between uh, um, Bossy and management. Uh, but I think they're working on it just because of the fact that his uh, Bossy's rift was with the Garth Snow regime, and now the Lou Lamorello regime is in, and so they're trying to you know work things out. Listen, if he feels well enough to do so, you know, he did say that he he's going to fight it just as as much as he fought on the ice when he was uh, playing back in the in the 80s um, that, you know, he'll, he'll do everything he can to win and, and beat this. So if he's feeling well enough, I don't, I don't see why he wouldn't come to see the future uh, uh, and, and pretty much what he helped build. Yeah. Yeah, he was a huge part of that uh, that dynasty. Oh, yeah. Didn't everybody have a rift with the Garstow era? <laughs> you're not wrong <laughs> yeah it's a it's a uh we we don't have enough time for that one <laughs> how's rick di pietro doing in his bank account you know what he's doing great and, and not only from not only from the islanders but he's getting paid by espn 
so he's he's doing wonderful. I actually really enjoyed. He did a couple of segments right before Lou Lamarello came on uh, on MSG, and he was pretty great as a commentator. I, I almost hoped that they were gonna you know keep him on, but maybe I don't know. ESPN gave him a little bit of a sweeter deal or something. But um, I love DP. He he's he li- listen. He bled orange and blue. He will. He was an Islander through and through. Say what you will about the contract. Nothing but the best of that guy. He he was just he was fantastic, whether he was on the ice or off the ice. You would have been stupid not to sign that. Well, I'm, I'm yeah, not blaming him for the contract. I'm just, you know, he's gonna get paid until he's like Bobby Bonilla. He's gonna get paid until he's dead. <laughs> so. Twenty twenty nine, I think, is the end of that. Yeah, I mean, the good thing is it doesn't count against the cap. So, yeah, that's that's the good news <laughs> for us. <laughs> yeah. And that that brings up another question. Are you guys going to be looking to spend all the way to the cap now, now that you're actual cup contenders? Yeah. So, um, you know, we at the fourth period just a few days ago did note that they're going to be seeking a a left side second pairing defenseman. Um, We know a guy. We know. Yeah. Uh, I've heard a a couple of names through the grapevine. Uh, One name being Ben Chariot of the of the Montreal Canadiens. Um, is that the correct pronunciation? Sherat. Sherat. Okay. Ben, ben Sherat. Um, another name I hear a lot is Hampus Lindholm. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a couple options out there. I think Lindholm would be a great fit. And if not, Sherat would be, uh, probably a, just as good at number two. Uh, they, they're lacking a puck moving defenseman and that's what they had in Nick Letty. Um, Zdeno Shara is not that guy. And although a lot of people say the Islander signs Dano Chara to replace Nick Letty, it's more the Islander signs Dano Chara so Noah Dobson could step up and replace Nick Letty. Um, it hasn't quite worked out like that just yet. Um, but in, in that process, you've seen guys like Adam Pellick, who I didn't think could get any better, take a little bit of a step forward, and he's moving the puck now a little bit. Uh, Ryan Pollock's trying to do it. He's, he's not as clean of a skater. Um, and even Andy Green and Scott Mayfield have some good wheels. So um, I think they're just really searching for the guy who's going to be on the back end and, and move the puck well. Uh, and that might have to come externally if it's not um, Sebastian Ajo, who has yet to play a game this year. And I think he's good enough to at least get in rotation um, or their pro- uh, prospect, Robin Sala, who they're pretty high on. Um, I think they just want him to marinate a little more in uh, the AHL because this is his first North American season. Now the Islanders defense, you've named off a few of them and it's pretty clear that there's no other than chair. There's no household names that people would point at and say, there's a star player. It's all lunch pail types, solid players, but they're all puck moving. They mm-hmm. all have mobility. They all have a little bit of physicality. They, they're, I would say they're a little bit of everything. Is that by design? I think so. Um, you know, it started before Lamorello. It was like a, a us against the world mentality. Um, a lot of doubters, you know, Islanders aren't going to uh, be able to make the playoffs. They're, they're not good enough to last a long 82 season and a, and a deep playoff uh, run. And, you know, they, they really took that mentality uh, with them once John Tavares left. And it, you know, it never left because he left and they had a really good season. And it was like, okay, that was an us against the world season. They can't possibly do it again. Sure enough, they come back the next season. You can debate whether or not they deserve to be in the playoffs. Regardless, they were and they got to the conference final. 
they took it and ran again. You know, the following season, everybody was kind of like, well, can they do it a third time? Is it possible? Still doubting. Yet again, they get to the conference final, right? So it's like, okay, now season four, Barry Trotz's fourth season behind the bench, and everybody's like, yeah, I think the Islanders are going to make the cup, (laughs) you know? So uh, it it definitely wasn't us against the world mentality that that was helping uh, them in the locker room. But I, I don't think, you know, now that they're being predicted to go on a deep run, I don't think that just because people are are now choosing them to win doesn't mean that they can't. You know, it's been a bit of a bumpy start this season. But the good news is Semyon Barlama was back. Um, despite people not loving Zidane Chara's play, he's getting a little bit better. Zach Parise is getting a little bit more acclimated. So things are starting to trend up. It's a long road trip. They're at 500 now. Um, and I had them winning seven or eight games after this road trip on a 13-game road trip. So if they can do that, they'll be in good shape. And then that means they got a lot more games to play at home. And we all know how they can do at home. They're really good on their own ice. Now, um, you mentioned earlier uh, Dobson and how they were looking to have him take a step up. I'm going to do a little bit of a, um, a side-by-side comparison a little bit. You guys have a young star right winger and a young star defenseman that you're bringing up. Just so happens the Canadians had the same thing with Caulfield mm-hmm. and Romanov. For, for the Islanders, it's Wallstrom and Dobson. So with Dobson, they signed Chera so he can be a bit of a mentor. Yeah. Wallstrom has had a very good start to a season. What is it that the Islanders are doing to give these two young players the, uh, the lane to step up? Yeah. So, you know, Oliver Wallstrom, for instance, is in a great situation where he's playing with two uh, veteran players and JG Pajot, who is in all zones, uh, just fantastic. He's, he's a all around uh, great player. Uh, and Zach Parise, who is not too different from what Oliver Wallstrom is. Um, you know, Zach Parise knows how to shoot. He he obviously likes to uh, um, snipe a little bit, um, but he also likes to play the gritty game. You know, he he bows in front of the net, um, and you know he's had he's had success in this league. He's brought the the New Jersey Devils to the Stanley Cup final one year. He's he's had a forty goal year. Um, and, and he's always been pretty decent in his own end. So he's got two really good mentors on uh, that third line. And I think the third line uh, that he's on uh, doesn't give him too many minutes where he has to be overwhelmed and feel like he needs to uh, overexert himself. Um, and he's still, you know, getting acclimated and, and learning the game. And, you know, that was something that he said. He's like, I'm, I'm learning to fall in love with my all around game, not just the goal scoring, because it will come. Uh, and it certainly has. He's leading the team in goals scored right now. Same goes for Noah Dobson, um, him being on the third pair. He he started the year on the second pair with, with Chara. Um, they reverted him back to the third pair with Andy Green. And I think that's just the best place for him because I think Green um, and Dobson work well together. And Andy Green is just a, as good of a mentor as, as Daniel Chara could have been to uh, Noah Dobson. So they're, they're learning from very good veterans um, who also helped them you know, keep their defensive responsibilities in check um, and they can pick up, you know, any, any slack that they might be leaving. Now they're both getting uh, quite a bit of power play time as well. Are they not? Yeah. Noah Dobson's the quarterback on power play one. He's pretty shifty on the blue line. He knows how to, uh, you know, get the puck around quickly in rotation. Um, 
you know, a couple hiccups here and there, but it's expected, you know, he hasn't played a full season. He's only played, you know, 36 games in his first year. Last year was an abbreviated season. So this is his first full year. So it was expected to be hiccups. Um, but from what I've seen, he's shown flashes of being really good as the uh, power play quarterback and Oliver Wallstrom. He doesn't have to do much, man. He just needs to shoot. He's got a heck of a shot. Um, but even when he's not shooting, he's very confident with crisp passes and he knows how to create space for himself. So, uh, you know, he gives the Islanders an advantage because defenders start to lean towards his end of the ice when he gets the puck, meaning somebody's going to be open. They're already up one man. You know, if they got two guys leaning towards that side of the ice, now they got two guys open. So, um, yeah, he's a he's a power play tool and a power play threat. See, that's where I see the difference with Montreal. Uh, they don't have someone for Caulfield to line up with to give him that guidance and to give him the uh, – like you say, he – you say Wallstrom has Parise and he has uh, yeah uh, the other guy there. I forget what he said, but Pajot. Uh, Pajot, yeah. <laughs> the the Ottawa guy. <laughs> uh, but Caulfield doesn't really have anyone like that. Like he he was lined up with Suzuki and Toffoli to start the season. That yeah. didn't work. So then he got by before he got sent down. He was on a third line with. Uh, Toffoli again and Jake Evans or whoever was the center. Oh, sorry, Paquette uh, until he got hurt. And really that's not, he needs someone who has a bit of an offensive mind like he does in order for him to, uh, and I mean, nothing against Toffoli, but Toffoli's kind of like what Caulfield is. He just goes in and tries to get his goals. He's not going to open up the ice for anyone. He's not going to, you know, He's just going to try to score. And when it comes to the power play, Caulfield, no one gave him the puck. He was wide open every game on the power play, and no one gave him the puck. Uh, I think the system in the Islanders is what's working for your rookies, whereas in the system in Montreal is working against the rookies because it's not putting them in a, in a spot where they can succeed. Yeah, they, they've got a very different. good system in, on Long Island. They, uh, it's something that they've continued to, to work on uh, year after year and, and work with year after year. Nothing's really changed. It's, it's cultivating that defense and turning it into offense. So um, I, I half wonder, and, and I don't know how much this might hurt for you guys to hear, but I half wonder if, if Caulfield uh, had a bit more success, if it was Denal on his line with uh, Toffoli instead of uh, Nick Suzuki, who's pretty young himself, just signed a monster eight year deal. Good for him. And he's going to be a fantastic player for Montreal, but he's still learning too. Right. So uh, Philip Deneau, you see what, you know, Anze Kopitar is now doing in, in L.A. And he's no rookie, but now that they have that defensive responsibility uh, forward in L.A., it's giving Anze Kopitar the, the breathing room to be a little bit more offensive. And he's he's scoring left and right. So I, I do wonder if Deneau uh, had a huge impact on on Caulfield's development. Maybe he never played with Deneau, so it's hard to say. Like, well, I should Deneau, say the lack of Deneau. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's uh, uh, the more to me is that Corey Perry was the one who reached out to him when he heard he was getting sent to demoted and had a chat with him. Oh. I think that's who Caulfield's missing is the Corey Perry yeah. putting his arm over his shoulder and saying, hey, you know, this is what you do. This is how you do it. Right. And that's the issue in Montreal right now. They don't have that guy when a, a, a young guy is struggling to take him aside and say, yeah. it's okay. Loosen up on your stick. You right. know, do this, do that. And I, I, that's the issue in Montreal right now. The leadership is next to nothing now that Petrie and Gallagher are both hurt. So they and you lost really Shea Weber. 
Shea Weber's gone. Carey Price has, has been gone. Yeah. Corey Perry's gone. Eric Stahl's gone. <clears throat> Not that Stahl was there for a long time, but still, Stahl brought a no, for sure. factor to the team. And, and that's what Montreal's missing. And, uh, I mean, you, you talk about bringing Chara to the Islanders, but there's another leader, a former captain of the Bruins, yeah. coming to the team, you know, able to use his experience and his leadership to help guide some of the young guys like Noah Dobson, say. And for, yeah. for me, I think the Deno point is valid, but mm-hmm. not necessarily for Caulfield. It, it would, it's kind of a, ter- a secondary um, spillover, mm-hmm. but for, for Deno's impact, it would be towards Suzuki himself. Mm-hmm. Suzuki now has all Good the point. added defensive responsibility. Yeah. If Deno were there, that would be less so on Suzuki. It would be less pressure on him that way. And he'd be more open to creating offense, which would help Caulfield. So yeah, totally. It, that it makes a ton of sense. Really did make an impact losing him, but it was kind of where the things were going with the Canadians. It was kind of time for players like that to leave. Um, uh, the Canadians need need to kind of turn a corner here. They they have to go with the youth. They were trying to do a like a halfway rebuild, but they it and they got to a cup final. And that's great, but it's going to be time to start moving on. Now, Price is going to come back. He's going to hold on to things for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Weber's gone. Deno's gone. They don't have what the Islanders have, and that's the Islanders, their youth, the main focus of their youth are now a little bit older, a little bit more experienced, and they're, they're in that window now where they're ready. The Canadians yeah. aren't there. Right. Well, so, they, they don't play their youth enough. That's the problem. They have There's all this youth and they, and they don't play them. Like they have Rowan, uh, going into tonight's game, Romanov, Evans, and Suzuki, well, the only three guys drafted by Montreal, uh, you know, to play. <laughs> it's yeah. interesting that you guys bring that up too, because for a long time, Islander fans were screaming for, um, you know, the, the young guys to play like, uh, you know, Oliver Wallstrom, Noah Dobson. Kiefer Bellows, um, you know, there's two young defensemen in Bridgeport playing for the Bridgeport Islanders right now, uh, Robin Sallow and Samuel Bolduck, who a lot of fans want to see play. Uh, But then the Islanders go ahead and sign a char for one year, bring back Andy Green for a year um, and sign a Zach Parise that blocks, uh, for argument's sake, a Simone Holmstrom from getting some reps in in the NHL. So I think what the the key is for the Islanders right now is that they're – their core, even though they're labeled as one of the older teams in the league, their core is still pretty young. They have Barzell at under 25, uh, Bavillier under 25, um, Peugeot and Nelson are 28. So it, the, the core of the team is not as old as people like to think. You know, Pelican and Polak, too, are, are 27 and under. So these guys are, are either approaching or in their prime. And then you add a young Noah Dobson and you add a young Oliver Wallstrom, and they have a few pretty good good prospects in the in the pipeline i wouldn't say a type prospects but b type prospects who will be ready to fill out you know uh depth roles in the lineup and and they'll be okay you know having a a rookie on your third line um getting 12 to 13 minutes a night playing with two veterans is great nhl experience and you know once he's a little bit more seasoned he'll be ready for a top six role and then your next rookie comes in and fills that third line spot and takes his reps there and so on and so forth now, it shows there's a development plan in place with uh, Lou Lamorello showing up. 
the Islanders before him were kind of listless. There wasn't a, a, a set direction. He shows up, yep. shaves everybody's beard off. <laughs> it's happening. He has a plan and you can yeah. see it in place now. It's the same plan he had with the Devils. You draft a guy, you put him in the minors for a couple of years, you let him mature there. Once he's ready, he moves up and he starts in a role similar to what he was drafted for. Yeah. So if you're in a scoring role, you're going to be moved up when a scoring role is available, which kind of points to why they're signing guys like Chera, who are going to help with guys who are already on the roster, but also it, it plugs a hole to allow the younger players that you had mentioned earlier, like Budzik, to stay down with Bridgeport mm-hmm. and mature a little bit more before they make their leap next year. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, that's a, a very good point. And, you know, a lot of people like to give Lou Lamorello um, a discredit for his, his strictness and, and you know, the, the, the shaving of the facial hair and everything. But you see it with the, the whole team. They, they buy into it and, and they're, they're all for it because it's we over me in that locker room. It, you know, like we said earlier about, you know, how, how they prevailed early in, uh, in the Trots era. It was we over me, and that's the message in the locker room. It's not about the name on the back. It's about the the logo on the front. You guys were all playing for each other, and they're very close-knit, um, and it starts with Lou Lamorello. Um, and the proof that they're all buying into it and they don't mind it is that Adam Pellick just signed for eight years, and so did Ryan Pollock, and they signed for well under market value. So these guys are taking discounts to stay on Long Island because they see what's going on. They see that there's a special, um, you know, bond in the locker room. There's something special growing on the ice. Barry Trotz is behind the bench and does it get much better than him as a head coach right now? I, I don't know. I'd make the argument there that it doesn't, um, you know, so again, Lamorello constructed a, a culture in, in the New York Islanders uh, organization that had just never been there before. Not since Al Arbor had been around, not since Bill Torrey had been around. It it's was a such while. a long gap of just a mess of, you know, just a, almost a guy sitting in a burning house, just saying, this is fine. Like everything's fine. And now it's just, everything's under control. Um, and say what you will about him being strict. Everybody wants to stay once they get there. And Long Island is now a destination for free agent players. They want to go. So it, it's, it's definitely a, a huge turnaround. I'm still getting used to it four years later. <laughs> but that's, that's the difference. That's the, the contrast I'm trying to build in this show is to show the Islanders have a plan. They yeah. have a culture. The Canadians, after what happened last year, after the, making the cup final, anything that could go wrong went wrong. And yeah. we're seeing the fruits of that now a GM right. in, a, in a lame duck season who doesn't really have much direction at this point, the loss of all your leadership. So it's a team that that's completely adrift. Whereas the Islanders are a tight knit small community with a plan and a culture in place. And they're ready to take that step. And that's, yeah. that's where the Canadians are going to have to start moving towards. Um, the bigger question is, does Lamorello even let you into the rink with a beard on your face. Like what's, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, it's been okay. There's been no <laughs> issues there. Um, but uh, you know, I haven't had any interactions with him myself, um, but I do know a couple of the other writers who have, and I've actually asked him that question. I'm like, how is the interaction when you walk up to him with the, with the beard on your face? And 
everybody kind of just says like, I'm not sure if he's looking at me or my beard, but <laughs> it has, he hasn't said anything. So I think it's okay. <laughs> Montreal's going to change that culture when Patrick Wall becomes GM and Tortorella becomes the head coach Ooh. and everything's going to be, uh, everything's going to be copacetic because it's going to be like a Nazi <laughs> regime and everyone's going to have to do what they say to do or else everyone yeah. will be, uh, <laughs> The comments made by Treg are not supported by this podcast or any of its affiliates. I did hear Patrick Waugh being a a possibility for GM, um, but I did not uh, hear Tortorella. That's an interesting one. I did hear his name in the grapevine for uh, yeah, Florida. Florida. Yeah, no, Tortorella doesn't speak French, so it's not going to happen. So uh, Montreal's only going to hire French-speaking people. So, and and I'm going to say this now, Montreal fans, you're yelling at a wall. When you keep saying hire the best person because it's not going to happen. It's going to yeah. be the best French person, period. You're, you're, you're yelling into a void. Yelling into a void. Just pour que tout le monde y save, je suis complètement bilingue. Je peux faire la job en français ou en anglais. Yeah, but he's, he's make... a shitty coach. <laughs> I don't know what you just said. He just said you can hire me and pay me. I'll do the oh. job. But uh... <laughs> I'm completely he'll, bilingual. He'll... Hook me up. He'll sit in the chair and then be like, all yeah. right, what the fuck do I do now? <laughs> well, that's what I do in the name. He's going he's gonna to call you for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I'll be like, I don't know. Trade for Pajot. <laughs> <laughs> Tell the Islanders, I'll give you Sherrod and a third and we'll take Pajot. <laughs> sure. <laughs> if that sure. happens, if that does happen, I'll be, you guys can call me the insider. With 12 R's. Yeah. uh trey do you have anything more you want to ask james for bellows uh i'm going to bring him up because i believe he's brian bellows son is he not yes Yes. uh and he won a stanley cup in 93 with the montreal canadians yes uh what took him so long to finally crack the uh, roster of the islanders uh yeah the Islander system, like we said earlier, is uh, defense first, uh, offense later. And I think there was just a, a bit of an issue with his defense. Um, you know, when he gets into games, often it's on the first line to play with Matt Barzell because that's the the driver of the of the offense, right? Um, and, you know, other than that, when it's more of a depth piece that needs to be filled in, such as like a third line guy, uh, you see like Leo Komarov get in, although not this season. Um but, you know, you see other depth guys get in before him because I think they just believe he's only got the offensive part down. He could score. He's done it a, a bunch uh, since being up in the NHL. Um, but when it's it comes to his defensive game, they don't love it. I think his skating needs some work, too. He's, he has a hard time keeping up with the pace, especially playing with Matt Barzell. Um, so I think, you know, that's what it is. I, I, I don't want to say that a couple of years ago when he got busted for PEDs, that uh, that was his peak because, you know, he hit that potential because of it. I do want to say that it was, uh, you know, something that he didn't do intentionally. And, and, and um, you know, he does have that level. He, he has that level to him that he can find. Um, I just think it's between the ears for him. Uh, so, you know, what, if he can get back down to uh, Bridgeport and, and work on that game a little bit more, um, I'd like to see him do that right now. They have him as a depth forward. Um, which is interesting to me because they have a Ross Johnston, they have a Richard Ponick. Um, so I feel like a guy like Kiefer Bellows could be um, useful down in Bridgeport 
working on his game a little more rather than sitting out. Uh, you know, I think he's only gotten in two games so far this year. Um, but yeah, for him, I think it's between the ears. I don't, I don't know if Bellows would be able to get through the waivers though, because he, they, he'd have to clear waivers to go down. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely correct. I think, you know, why wouldn't Detroit want him? Why wouldn't Ottawa want him? Montreal. Why wouldn't Montreal want him? Right. He's, he's definitely, he's definitely an NHLer um, for Barrett Trotz though. Uh, and for a team trying to win a Stanley cup, I don't think they want to ice him. I think there are still some things he's got to work out. And my next question and last question, what do you think New York needs to put him over that edge and uh, put him in the Stanley cup finals? or winning Venture Stanley up. Cup? <laughs> um, it's a good question. Last season, I would have said they needed a sniper. Uh, now they have Oliver Wallstrom and I think he had, he can still be that guy. I think he is that guy. I, I don't think they have to go out and trade for one. Um, that's why you didn't see Vladimir Tarasenko get traded for who's, playing really well with the blues. Um, but I think they believe in Oliver Wallstrom and he's proving it right now. I had him pegged for 30 goals on the season. He's on a 46 goal pace right now, which is pretty good. It's still early, but you know, I think it'll regress more towards that 30 number. Um, I'm going to say it's going to have to be that, that second pairing puck moving defenseman. They're solidified in net. Varlamov and Sorokin have it down. No worries there. Um, they're very deep at forward, uh, and, and on defense, you know, 44 year old Chara, 39 year old Andy green, uh, the other four, Scott Mayfield, Pellick, Pollock, Dobson, they're fine, but they need a puck mover. Nobody knows in that group of defensemen they are, that they are right now who that is. Um, and that puck mover is going to be huge for, for them after losing Nick Letty and Devin Taze two seasons ago. So not well, sure. Sherrod leaves the Canadians in points, so. Yeah, but oh, he's, not a, he's yeah. not a puck mover. He's not a puck mover. What the puck yeah, moves thinking... when he... He'll move the puck back and forth behind your net trying to get out of the zone, but... Uh... Yeah, I'm thinking more your um, Hampus Lindholm type. Yeah. You know, Hampus Lind, he's got a couple of 30-point seasons under his belt. He knows how to move the puck well. I like to say he's a slower but better Nick Letty. He, he's good in the, in the offensive zone more responsible in the, in the defensive zone. Maybe they can get Nick Letty. That's also a possibility. I've yeah. seen that come up too, that people have said like, can they just get Nick Letty back? Can you just maybe get the draft pick back to them? And honestly, why not? <laughs> well, I think that covers pretty much everything. I, uh, and I want to thank you for coming on and kind of previewing this game with the Islanders that we're going to see on Thursday and helping us contrast where the two teams are right now in their rebuild arcs. Islanders, Canadians. <laughs> yeah. No, thanks for having me on, guys. It was, uh, it was a good time. I, I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I think you guys will be okay. <laughs> I think Montreal <laughs> will get back on track. I don't know how long it's going to take. You know, you guys said price comes back Saturday, so maybe that stabilizes things a bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny to be on this side, you know, where, where I'm not talking to somebody about, oh man, the Islanders really need to be this way. And you guys are telling me, no, our team needs to be like the Islanders. So it's, it's interesting to be on this side still, even though, like I said, it's been four years now, I'm still getting used to it. So, yeah. but thank you for having me on guys. It's been a lot of fun. So before you leave, yeah. I want, uh, let our listeners know where they can find your work and your sure. podcast. 
yeah, so uh, you guys can find me at uh, Nassman Hockey. Uh, that's my podcast. And uh, you can find us on all podcasting platforms. I believe I've gotten our RSS feed on literally everything. So <laughs> you can find us anywhere you listen to your podcast. Uh, you can find my writing at the fourth period. Uh, also, the Isles Fix newsletter. I'm a daily contributor to that. That goes directly to your email. So if you're interested in Islanders newsletters for some reason, uh, you could sign up at islesfix.substack.com. Um, and that's that's where you can find me. I'm, and at James Nichols NYI on Twitter. Well, and there's uh, Suzuki with yeah. Trek. We got a uh, furry friends. Yeah, Scott. <laughs> Lou would love her. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so I think uh, I, w- I think Lou only has a hairless cat. That would make sense. <laughs> He's kind of Doctor Evilish. <laughs> Comes turning around holding this hairless cat. Yeah, exactly. Does he call, does he call Trots his number two? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but I want to thank you for coming on. I want to thank you for uh, sharing with us. And um, I, I encourage all our listeners to go check out all your work. It's really great stuff. And it's good to get a perspective from other teams, especially teams that you're that, that were in similar situations that the Canadians are in now. Um, so for our listeners, thank you very much. And remember, if you were talking about it, so are we. Habs Unfiltered has special sponsors. Uh, go to seatgiant.ca to save 35% on all your fees when purchasing tickets to NHL, CFL, Major League Baseball, concerts, whatever event Seat Giant sells. Use the code UNFILTERED20. Save 35% on your fees. Go to builtbar.ca and save 10% using the code UNFILTERED20 on your purchases online. Go to East Coast Lifestyle and use the code UNFILTERED20 to save 20% off your purchase of any clothing at East Coast Lifestyle. Also, Lift Life. Go to liftlife.ca and use the code HABS10 to save 10%. And for a special promo until Christmas, Habs Unfiltered will be selling t-shirts in conjunction with 514 shirts. If you purchase one of our shirts, the entire profit for the sale goes to Vets Canada. Vets Canada does work to end veterans homelessness across Canada. So let's help a great cause and wear a great shirt. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, undercurrent podcast at NBC Sports. 
Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice in the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.